okay, I'm going to teach you how to fish, not just give you the fish. In other words, I'm going to tell you how to build a killer sales page, not just give you a template to copy. Actually, I'll give you that too, but you do need to know why we're doing what we're doing. Back when I was learning all this stuff, I would be working with clients and mostly be doing their implementation work, basically just getting all the shit done. So these were big clients and they'd bring in some really heavy hitters in the internet marketing world. I was lucky. And the clients would always just have the experts verbally build out the sales pages for them with me mostly cranking it out on the spot. And I'd be sitting there asking the expert, why? I mean, I wanted to know why we chose that color for the headline or the left justified text or the image or the message or, you know, why it went to an upsell for the webinar confirmation page because I wanted to learn how to fish and they taught me and that's what I'll try to do here with you. Even worse than that were the clients who would just point me to the internet marketing experts own sales page and have me knock it off just changing out the copy basically the whole format and process, but it didn't work ever because the expert knew how to fish and we didn't. They knew how to build the sales page for their product and we were just following along, trying to be the big fish. And there's so many templates out there today where people are doing that and they fail. So here's how to fish and this gets crazy deep. So let's uh, dive right in. <laughs> Wow, that was pretty bad. Okay, sales copy. And by the way, when we use the term copy, we mean the text on the sales page, by the way. So sales copy success is 100% dependent on two things, what you're offering and who you're offering it to. Because the best sales copy in the world won't sell ice to Eskimos, right? So what you're offering and who you're offering it to. First, what you're offering. Well, that's the offer. And who you're offering it to is the audience. We've already defined your audience. So let's make sure that the offer is going to work for them because it's critical that you're offering the right thing to the right person. And you do that through a shift in belief. So what makes a sale is a shift in belief, not tons of details of features and benefits because if they believe that they need the product, almost nothing will stand in their way from buying it. Right now I'm holding a water bottle in my hand. Just so you can get a visual. It's not one of those disposable ones. It's like a, you know, outdoors camping, hiking one. And I have it covered in ski stickers because I'm like that. So I'm the customer and I'm holding this water bottle in the store and it's not covered in stickers yet. Okay, I'm buying it so that I can get hydrated. So at the very basic level, I have to have these beliefs before I will even buy it. I believe this water bottle has the capacity to hydrate. I believe that I can drink from this water bottle while hiking. Therefore, I believe that I can get hydrated from this water bottle while hiking. So the product has the ability and I have the ability to use it. That has to be in place before people can buy. After that, we overcome the specific objections, proving to the buyer why this water bottle is the best. And we'll cover that in a bit. So you see, they have to have a shift in belief. You have to break them from the old story into the new. And this sounds pretty basic from a simple water bottle perspective, but if you're selling an online course, 
those basic beliefs may not even be there for the customer. So we look at it like this. I believe that this online course has valuable content. I believe that I can learn from any online course. Therefore, I believe that I can learn valuable content from this online course. Suddenly, that's a much harder belief to shift them to. There's a concept in marketing called the hierarchy of wants, or sometimes it's called the value ladder because you draw it out like a graph. You have cost on the left from low cost at the bottom to high at the top. Then along the bottom, horizontally, you have value with the lowest value on the left at the intersection and the highest on the right. So bottom to top, left to right. Bottom to top is cost, low cost to high cost. Left to right is value, low to high. So if you drew a diagonal line from lower left to upper right, the cost and value both increase, right? So you take all of the great content you've created for your course and you imagine splitting it into three products. You don't have to do this now, but I suggest you move to this model after you launch. So it's all the same content, but different products. And this is different than membership levels because they're different products. So what we're doing here is we're finding the buyer habits. There's three ways people like to buy an informational product online. And these are the three. Do it myself, do it with me, or do it for me. Do it myself. The product here would be an ebook or a physical book. They're pretty much on their own. Do it with me. That would be like an online course or a, a membership. Do it for me. This is more of like a mastermind group, although that would be a little more of a do it with me. But a mastermind group or a one-on-one -on -one coaching, you're basically telling them pretty much this is what you need to do in those. So you're doing it for them. You're not doing the work, but you're giving them the information is what I mean. You're, 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 they're not learning from general knowledge. You're, you're keying it in exactly to them. So it can also be, uh, in this case, the do it for me can be a done for you type service where you actually do really do do the work for them, like building out sales pages or something, for example. So it's great to have all levels of products from $10 to $10,000 maybe for a mastermind. And what you do is you always target the middle and they often fall back to the lower do it myself level, which is fine, but some climb up too. And it's best to move them up into a higher level once they've been in the lower. So that's the value ladder. They're climbing up the ladder. You're trying to move them from bottom left to upper right. So really do think about eventually splitting out all of your content into a few different products with a wide range of price points because you want to have something for everybody. Now, you want to speak to your prospect we're back to the sales page a little bit here. You want to speak to your prospect that your product has exactly what they need and want. Something that will absolutely happen is that they, the prospect will see what you're offering and think, yeah, I've tried that before, or I'm already in such and such course. And either it didn't work or it's working, so I don't need something else. Now, they may be happy in that course, or they may hate it. Anyone who is successful in a course is obviously going to be a very hard sell because they're diehards for the product they already have. At that point, it just turns into what we call a feature war. 
you're trying to outdo the competition on features or worse on price. But if you can find the ones that aren't happy or weren't happy or really absolutely hated it, then these prospects are much easier to turn and they can become your best customers. Okay, another thing. Your info product will probably fall into one of these three categories, health, wealth, or relationships. Now, if it's a wealth product, meaning how to make money in some way, then it's probably not the first time your prospect has bought something. They most likely have a few info products that they've bought. It really happens in this category. They're probably already members in a, in a couple different memberships. So a great thing to say on your sales page or sales video is this. You've probably tried other courses before and haven't gotten good results, etc. So we go through the journey with them. We understand and we're going to shift their belief that we're better, not necessarily through features, but by defining their problem and then solving it for them. Put phrases like that on sales pages. Say it in webinars everywhere. Like you've probably been through multiple fad diets. You've probably tried the whatever diet, but this course, dot, 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 etc. Okay. Here's a key takeaway. Whoever can define the problem the best, people assume that they have the best product or best solution. Okay. Whoever can define the problem the best, people assume that they have the best solution. So we become evangelists of the problem, not the solution. We define the problem. Everyone else picks up the scraps. I'll do more for you. I'll charge less. But no, we define and solve the problem. Don't sell better, sell different, just like Apple. Okay, define the problem and give them something totally different, not just better. Because what makes a sale is a shift in belief, like I said, not tons of details of features and benefits. I knew a guy who was working for a pest control company and he told me this story. He had to go door to door and sell the services as part of his job. So he'd be standing there in a doorway chatting to the homeowner and they'd ask him if he could get rid of a certain kind of bug. Well, he'd go on and on explaining the type of chemical that they would use to treat that particular bug and some interesting facts about the bug and their habitat and everything else. He found out he was hardly getting any sales. I mean, he knew everything about bugs. He had researched, he had learned, he loved his job, but he wasn't getting any sales at all. And then he realized that this isn't what they want to hear. They just, they just want to know that the problem is solved, but he was trying to impress them with his massive bug knowledge that he had worked so hard on. So instead, when they would ask him each kind of bug and if he could get rid of it, he'd just say, yes, absolutely, then stop. And they'd just buy. They'd buy right there on the spot because people don't want the features and benefits. They just want to know that the product is right for them and that it'll work for them. So remind them that they need it. Another cool story. There were several salespeople working for the Dish TV company and they saw that one guy was just killing it at a big event that they were working. You know, people are walking by. It was probably a fair or something, you know, where tons of people were walking by. And the other people, the other salespeople were doing the whole, can I tell you about the benefits of Dish TV? And everyone was just, you know, walking by, just blowing, blowing them off. But the successful sales guy would just say this, hey, did you forget to sign up for Dish? Oh, excuse me, did you forget to sign up for Dish? Did you forget to sign up for Dish? 
And about one in 30 people or so would would actually be like, oh yeah, I did forget, thanks. And they would sign up right there. And he was catching like one in 30 people because either they really had forgotten and they were thinking about it or they just they just signed up. I, it, somehow it worked because, you know, he wasn't doing all the features and benefits. He was just telling them that they needed it, right? It's an amazing story. Okay, so back to beliefs. Now, an interesting thing about the health and relationships category, as we lump them together, it's it's usually called the self-help category. Now, because we talked about wealth, in order to sell to the prospect in this category, they basically have to say to themselves, I must suck in order to need this product, okay? Because think about it, it's self-help. So you have to really hit that part hard and overcome it. You have to shift their belief by telling them that, yes, they do need it, but they're not a loser for needing it. And you do that through support and specifically success stories from other people. They took the step, so you can too. A great way to do this is to say, listen, at the end of this course, you have to be prepared that your friends might treat you differently because your whole life is going to change and you'll act a lot different. And some of your friends are going to get jealous and not like you for it. So there, you're basically putting this thought into their mind. Huh, okay, I kind of suck now and really need help, but I'm going to also have to deal with people afterward. Okay, I guess what do I have to lose? You see, so you're shifting their belief by shifting their problem. Note that entrepreneurs are a huge audience of the self-help category because they are the product themselves. They create new businesses all the time, so they're basically the product. And because of this, they'll analyze the heck out of themselves like they do a product. And when they do, they see the issues and realize that they need them fixed. So for them, you don't have to worry about overcoming the objection of I suck, but you can use it in your sales pages anyway for the rest. But for entrepreneurs, there aren't going to be many objections to overcome. So they're a great, great audience to target for the self-help category. Which leads me into the next part. Use the workbook and list every single objection you can possibly think of that a prospect may use before buying. Then find a way to speak to those on the sales page, in, in the sales video or in your webinars. Remember, we talked about how you talk through the objections, you know, with a few stock questions in the Q&A part of the webinar or Facebook Live and even in a, a sales video. Some objections will just be small complaints, and some will be complete deal breakers that block them from buying. Remember, the most common ones are time, money, ability. You know, I don't have time, I don't have the, the money, or I don't want to part with my money, and I just don't think I can do it, the ability. But there's, there's three more that I'll add here, and we'll go into these because we're going to do this in more detail here. And the other three are disbelief, intimidation, and already tried it. Okay, so let's hit each of these. So time, they will say that they have no time. All right, here's how you overcome this. Make them understand that this membership or course is completely doable. Break it down into how much time per day they need and compare that to a similar chunk of time that they already spend doing something so they can make the comparison. Or tell them the times that they can actually work on it, say in the car or etc. But be careful not to brag up how much content you have if it's a large site. Just show bullet points of the main categories so they understand what they're going to be learning overall. Then pull out some 
really intriguing parts that may be just a short lesson, but that are interesting and get the curiosity going. We even tested using the word program instead of course, and sales went way up, probably because course sounds too much like school. Like it'll be, it'll be a lot of work and work is time. People didn't want to want to spend the time doing a, a course, but they were like, oh, a program. Okay. That's doable. I can do that. So time is a huge factor for people. Next is money. The price is too high. Well, usually that's wrong. Okay. And they just, they're using that as an excuse. So here's where you can do the price marinade. Like I talked about before, compare the value that they are going to get to a huge dollar figure, then a little while after, tell them that the price is actually much lower. And you bundle tons of bonuses and you show value and you explain that, you know, what they can achieve through your membership and how much more money they can probably make. And offer a guarantee, make it a no brainer money wise. If they're scared about money, you'll give the money back. Okay. Next one is ability. And that's just saying, you know, I can't do it. Well, here's where you tell a success story of people just like you, Mr. I can't do it, that did this amazing thing. Next one. These are the three new ones. Disbelief. They really may actually think that this course or membership won't work for them. So a good example would be like a musical instrument, learning guitar or something like that. People are learning to sing. People are, are like, I, I just can't do it. I'll never be able to do that. But again, stories and testimonials, what we call social proof. Look, this guy did it. This girl did it. You can too. Okay. Intimidation. And this is like ability. You know, the person may feel overwhelmed and think that it's just too much for them to do. They know they have the ability in this case. It's a little different, but they're intimidated. And, you know, fitness courses are, are a big one here. They just, they're, they're scared. They don't want to, it's like going to the gym to do a class. You don't want to show up. It's the same kind of feeling. Here's where you explain that they are going to get full support and help from you every step of the way and your community. Outline the support that they get and mention that this is a, a group or a community of people, a tribe, a culture just like you all working together. And the last one is the already tried it. Yep. They tried several memberships or courses just like this, but nope, it didn't work. Didn't work for me. This is where you're going to explain that they may have tried similar things in the past. Sure. But there's no way they could have tried this because it wasn't even invented yet. And that's a really great phrase to say, just say, when you tried the other courses, this wasn't invented. You say, this is a brand new system that has just been developed and the market is now available. So how could you have possibly tried it before? You get it? That's a cool tactic. So again, you break them from their old story into the new. Their old story is made up of either false beliefs or actual things that really did happen to them. And we need to dispel the false beliefs and then change their thinking from the old story and move them into the new. You make them see what it's like to live in the new story, which is a place of abundance, of wealth, of happiness, but they're also still going to be attached to the old story where they feel safe and secure. So the key is to get them to make the shift from old to new without being scared to do that. And you really do that mostly through guarantees, testimonials, and success stories. This is starting to repeat, huh? It all works together. You know, it's some deep thinking here, but when you write some sales copy a few times, you'll start to get the hang of this. So write your sales copy 
and go through this lesson again after you've written it and just kind of kind of check through use the workbook and see what you did and see if you if you hit these points okay we have one more lesson we're going to hit on psychology on sales page psychology and in general this is going to be a fun one because it's on the chemicals of the brain then we go to work on some real solid sales copy tricks and actually building a sales page okay